0: So today we're going to talk about a sexual assessment and some questions that we ask people and that you can think about with your partner. Welcome to 4Play Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist.
1: And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist.
0: And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other.
1: Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body.
0: Just as we begin, please remember to check out UberLube. UberLube.com is where you can get this great lubricant and help support 4Play Radio.
1: And we just want to give a little shout-out to uh, Sue Johnson, Michael Moran, and Zoya Zimakowska as mentors and people who are passionate about sexuality and helping us with some of these assessment questions.
0: Yeah, these people have, Sue and Mike Moran have developed this questionnaire, but we know that Zoya has done a lot of work in EFT with sexuality, and she has really piloted helping integrate sexuality with EFT. So we're grateful to them and their work and what they've done. You know, they start out with talking about sex in the present relationship,
1: well let's let's set the stage what we're oh, okay. hoping is our line. listeners yes let's not rush right into it lori okay that just to sit back and imagine yourself as we read out some of these questions just just open yourself up to notice just what what it brings up i think a lot of people are surprised at these questions and 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 what it could elicit so there's no right and wrong in how you answer these questions. It's really about opening up space. So what we're going to do is read the questions and maybe, Lori, you'll start off and I'll just jump in how I've heard people answer the question or how I might answer the question just to
0: okay.
1: kind of give a give and take and, and we'll, we'll take it from there.
0: Okay, good. So the, the first part, I mean, we're basically going to talk about a person's present relationship and their sexual history and kind of the the problems in the sexual relationship. And I think what I really like about this is it's so gentle. They do a lot of permission asking, and we would encourage you, even though we're giving you words, that it would be the same thing if you talk with your partner, that you would want to get a lot of permission from them, that this is the right time to discuss this, that they're open to that, and... As a therapist, we're not judgmental. We don't, we don't care what the answer is. We're, we're in a discovery mode. And, of course, as a partner, there's something at stake when your partner answers this. But I think to encourage safety, bringing a spirit of curiosity to this would be important. Okay. So the first question is, in your own words, tell me how you've come to understand the sexual challenges with your partner And I I think what is important is I I have both forms, and then I essentially ask again in in an initial session, you know, what is going on, and I like to hear the way they say it. I mean, it's important to me to hear both parties talk about it, even though I I think you say this a lot, George, there's two truths that come forward. I like to hear the tone, uh, the feelings behind it as they answer this Okay, so George, you want to volunteer to be the patient here? I do. Ooh, okay, that's very brave. Have you got a scenario in mind in terms of how you're going to answer this? Okay, okay. Yes. So, George, tell me in your own words. You know, how have you come to understand what's going on between you and your partner sexually, and? What's what's happening? Yeah, I,
1: I just think my my wife has lost interest. I mean, we had a pretty good sex life. And I guess it happens to a lot of people. But over time, it just seems like that passion is not really there anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. So could you tell me maybe when this changed? And when you began to notice this, you said it used to be good. And it's not. Yeah, good I think anymore. before
1: kids, it was really good and, and active. I think it changed with kids, which we could expect, but you know, I guess I always assumed it would it would pick up again, and it just hasn't really come back since the kids.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back and forth, George, between you and our audience, so that they know okay. what I'm thinking and what's going on. So as I listen to George, George the patient, he fortunately is really forthcoming, telling me a lot of information. He's already told me, answered my second question which is, when did you remember it becoming an issue? And now I want to figure out what he's already tried because it's really useless as a sex therapist, and I don't see myself as a solver, as you know, somebody who's just going to give answers. If only it could be that easy, right? But I want to figure out sort of where he's at in the process. So I'm asking him, okay, tell me what you've tried to to do to figure this out between you and your wife? What what have you guys done to try to change this?
1: I've tried to introduce some fun things, some new things into the relationship. I You know, I purchased her a vibrator for my wife. I've, you know, tried to watch some pornography with her. I talked to her about role plays. I don't know. I had a couple books I read and I recommended.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so lovely. What what I'm thinking is many of the things he's tried are sort of external solutions, right? He's tried to spice it up. And as I listen to him, I think, I'm wondering in my mind, you know, how his wife has taken these suggestions. You know, has she taken it as criticism, as her being inadequate, as her not living up to what he fantasizes about or imagines. I'm just trying to imagine another side to it. And this would probably be done, I mean, since it's only George right now, and thank you, George, for being so willing to role play. (laughs) But the partner might be there during this time, and I would be watching her face to see what she think what her body is telling me as he answers these questions and probably with a couple I would be going back and forth but this might be in an individual session okay so i want to know tell me the typical sexual interaction with your partner kind of what happens play by play and this is a really tough question george because we don't talk about sex with anybody so i know it's kind of odd to start talking about this with a pure stranger but if you could tell me kind of what happens, how it goes, how it ends, how do you guys communicate what you want and need in the moment in the sex sexual time that's set aside?
1: Well, I'd say you're right, we don't talk about this so much, but I mean, I think my wife gets a sense that I want to have sex.
0: Mm-hmm. And how does she get that sense?
1: Well, I might want to go to bed a little bit early.
0: So that's your um, cue, kind of. You said, "Hey, my cue. let's 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 go to bed a little
1: early." Right? And and she knows
0: and that means I want to have sex.
1: Well, I hope so.
0: <laughs> but it
1: doesn't always lead to sex when we go to bed early, <laughs> but I think that might be the start of the process. And I think a lot of times I'll just communicate, "Hey, do you, you're in a mood for do you to know, make love," mm-hmm. and
0: and so you really sometimes you would. Kind of give an innuendo. Let's go to bed, or sometimes you would say, "Are you in the mood to make love?" And right, and both of them, I notice, are verbal communications essentially.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: do, has your wife ever communicated with you in terms of that? That's something that works for her. That she likes a direct verbal communication, or is that? I mean, do you guys talk like that? Do you say? Yeah, how I do think you, so. I, like that? I
1: I think in the past I might not have said anything, and then I would get kind of frustrated and angry if we wouldn't have sex. So the feedback I've gotten to her is at least tell me what you want, so then she can make a, a decision on that as opposed to not even knowing, it, and the next day I'm upset with her. Uh huh. Okay. So I think so. So let me talk. To I've one. learned to be a bit more verbal. I mean, I would rather just. In the beginning, I didn't have to talk about it. I would just kind of make a move, or she'd make a move, and we'd respond to each other. But now I guess it takes a little bit more work.
0: Okay, so I'm going to talk about what I feel as I listen to George, the patient, talk about this. You know, one of the things he's let us in on is that in the beginning, he would make a move, and that would work. And now he asks verbally because he's anxious, he doesn't want to get rejected. In bed, so he's he's preempting that rejection by checking. But what we don't know is what does his wife prefer. He doesn't know, we don't know, and it's possible that what used to work was his physical touch. You know, he made a move, and and she may be more receptive to a physical initiation than she really is to these verbal initiations, and. When he asks her, hey, are you in the mood to make love? He may be communicating anxiety instead of seduction. So I I would be listening for all of that. And also, again, if she was there watching her body, watching how she responds to this, does she turn away? Does she shake her head? Does she listen? You know, what's going on? Okay, so thank you, George. Do you experience sexual desire right now in your relationship? Obviously, you've told us you do. Do you think your partner experiences sexual desire in the relationship for you?
1: I think she does, not as much as I do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think ideally I would want to have sex twice a week. You know, she'd probably be okay with it once a week or Mm -hmm. maybe even a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. I think she does get into it once we have sex, but I, I think that starting out is... You know, it's not as strong for her.
0: Right, right. I often say women have a hot rod body, but they have broken starters. Uh, it's so hard, <laughs> it's so hard for women to get started, and it sounds like that's what you experience with her. But you're also telling me that you're not that far apart in terms of what you like. I mean, you imagine it's only a, a one incident, a week difference, and you're not even sure that she wouldn't want sex more, and. Again, an aside to our audience, you know many times people, ironically on their forms, when they come in and they tell me that they're having frequency discrepancies, they're not that far apart. But so I know that something's going wrong with the way they get together. Okay? We're about out of time, so we need to move on to our second segment, right?
1: We do unless you want to try to finish these questions quick nope. this first part.
0: Nope, I don't want to finish them quick. All right. No quick. I'd love to thank Uberloop again for sponsoring us. We are so appreciative of this. We just think it's a really fantastic product. I've been giving it out for years to patients and I'm recommending it. It is made up of three types of high grade silicone. So it's not sticky. It doesn't have that gooey texture that some lubricants do. It's really long lasting. And it provides a great glide. I mean, people, I think, should use it during the beginning of their sexual experience, during foreplay, as well as during sexual intercourse. It's scent free, it is taste free. So you can switch from foreplay to oral sex to intercourse with no problem. And it leaves your skin feeling soft and silky, which is awesome. It looks in this clear bottle, like something that you can be proud of on your nightstand. It looks like perfume. It's made in the USA, which I'm so grateful for. And your support at Uberloop.com with the coupon foreplay helps us continue to provide content for you. So we would love for you to check it out there. Again, uberlube.com, and then you want to use the coupon foreplay. Hey, just a word to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. Many of you have been really faithful for a couple of years at least in supporting us, and we're really grateful for that. And we'd also like to invite others of you into our mission. We see our calling essentially as to help couples develop a long lasting relationship. That is both intimate and also sexually erotic, as you know, it's what we talk about every week. We would be grateful for you in joining us in this mission. Your
1: support means more than you realize and it keeps this project moving forward and we're really hoping to reach greater heights.
0: And our sponsors UberLube, have partnered with us and they have offered to send the first 12 people who sign up on Patreon for a $10 and above level a free package of UberLube. Find a link on foreplayradio.sextherapy.com or foreplayrst.com and we are so so thankful for your support. We're back with sexual assessment, and George is being a patient who's playing a typical male. You're doing a great job, George. This, I hear this every single week.
1: It's a real stretch for me, I'll tell
0: you. <laughs> okay, you said that you want to have sex maybe twice a week. You, you think your wife maybe one, one and a half. You're not sure. And how often do you guys have sex?
1: I think it's more like once a week.
0: Once a week. Okay. So uh, not as much as you would want. And when you have the sex, do you you both have satisfaction? Do you both have climaxes? and, And you're pretty sure that it's good for her and it's good for you?
1: Yes, I think we both reach orgasm. I'm sure we could do things to improve it, but I think... Afterwards, we both feel better. That's why it gets confusing sometimes why we don't have more of it.
0: Okay. So like afterwards, it's good. And you're like, well, why don't we do that more often if it was good?
1: I actually say that sometimes. Uh Like this feels pretty damn good. Why don't we do this more often? (laughs) It's a good workout. We feel connected. I mean, there's so many good things that come from it.
0: Yeah. So of course, as I'm listening, I'm thinking he's not absolutely sure. He hasn't said, yeah, I know she has orgasms too. He's saying he thinks so. He's saying he doesn't understand why a good time sexually doesn't translate into more desire for her. So I know there's a lot to be explored here in terms of her perspective and also his understanding. Like, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know why. And I think that in terms of healing, it's really important for the partner to understand why that doesn't work, why it doesn't translate. And so we're going to try to help him get there. So if, okay, I'm going to ask you, this is a crazy question. I love numbers. So could you tell me, George, like scale of one to 10, how satisfied would you say you are with your present relationship sexually?
1: I would say (laughs) 6.5.
0: You like numbers too. You're pretty precise. Okay, 6.5. And when you first got together, you said things were really great. What was Mm -hmm. it then?
1: I would say it was a nine.
0: Okay, good. So, also, what I'm thinking about is that, you know, 6.5, these people are not in the dumps, they're doing okay. They're definitely having sex that is uh, maintaining their relationship. Probably this is what I'm thinking. I don't know that, but I'm thinking that. Would you
1: like me to be a five point five or a four point five?
0: If you told me that you were at a four, I probably—it's not that I'm not concerned. Like the, the, this couple, you and your partner, are coming to me for sex, so I know that something's going on. But you're something's right.
1: I—that's the presenting problem. So let's yeah. go. Let's go five point five.
0: Okay. Okay. So let's do. It I'd say five. Okay, <laughs> I liked your your precision. Don't you love that when people like are really precise? They won't let you say the you know, they'll correct every word and adjective that you use to try to understand them. It's yeah. like no, it's, it's well. Really I think
1: good. a lot of men that I work with they they've thought about this a lot. They've rehearsed this conversation many times. They've put a lot of their energy into examining, and analyzing this. Mm-hmm. So you know this sense of well, let's keep going with it. Five is the uh, more of an accurate number, okay. and it depends. The number's going to change if the partner's there or not there, right? Maybe you don't want to hurt your partner's feelings, so you kind of raise it up. You don't really want to give what it feels like for you. So, mm-hmm. I, I love that you're just you, you're given space to explore what these numbers mean, yeah, and
0: why they change. And this guy said too, you know, scale of one to ten, it was a nine. So I know that his history with his partner was really good and so I'm I'm gonna look to see what was different okay this is a really deep question I think but what would be most important for your partner to know about you sexually hmm.
1: that's a tough one to answer
0: yeah and I will say that when I asked this question I've been practicing using some of these questions with my newer patients and And they have the same pause because it is such a deep question. It's so vulnerable. Well, it's just
1: easier to focus on what you want your partner to do differently.
0: Yeah, hard.
1: Less about what you need differently.
0: Right. So what would this guy say, do you think?
1: Just that sex is something that's healthy and something good that I want. That it's an area that I want to go deeper with.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you want them to see this drive that you have for them as something that's good and healthy. And
1: right, because in my mind, I see it you. as something healthy, and it, it almost feels like it, it turns into this I just want to have an orgasm. It's this, you know, it, it doesn't capture, I think, the importance for. What this represents, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and it is so important. And you want your partner to know that and to see the the good side of it, not the part that pushes this cycle between you and her, right? But you right. want her Important's to see, a good word. You want her to see you and what it means to you. Do you think that yep. you've ever said that to her, or that she knows this?
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it it probably comes across in my frustration. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I've ever said it that directly. Mm-hmm.
0: So she she feels something that's frustrated in you. She knows that part. But you really right. want to be seen for the part that is healthy and and finds it so important and wants to go deeper with her in it. That's what's mm-hmm. missing. She can see the frustration, but she can't see this other longing that you have for her and for this to be manifest between the two of you.
1: Right? Yeah. So even in pausing it in the role of me being a client, I can feel some anxiety coming up around that. Mm. Right? That there's something, there is something scary about exposing that that side of me. Mm -hmm. That maybe my wife doesn't want the same thing that I want. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right? So it's easier and safer for me to be frustrated because that doesn't feel so fair. Yeah, right? But the vulnerability is just, I think it's more around this anxiety of being rejected or not being wanted that I never really talk about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, I, I think what you just described is so typical that couples have a fight and it's so much harder to talk about need. And what you just did as the patient talking about this desire to really be seen as good, as that having a sex drive is good and healthy, and that it, you know, rather than the frustration that maybe is this guy shows, will lead to his vulnerability. Because, like, what happens if he can't be seen that way? And so he doesn't yeah, it starts offer that.
1: To feel. it starts to feel like it's an annoyance. It's I'm bugging, I'm pestering for sex. Mm-hmm. That it's not being seen the same way. We're not meeting in an equal place of wanting something that's healthy and good. It mm-hmm. starts to feel more like something that that my wife will be doing for me as opposed to for herself.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you're the impetus. It's it's you're the one who's pushing it instead of it being something between the two of you that is enjoyable and. There's shared love and shared intimacy. It's like you're just a pressure, something that she has to do for you, not because she wants to join you here and she's joining you in love and pleasure, right? That that doesn't feel so good. Yep. Mm-hmm. And George is switching out here between his therapist self and his pretend patient self sometimes, I think. Yeah, uh, just
1: give you a little insight. Thank you.
0: Okay. What turns you on the most and feels most erotic with your partner? This is a tough question. I think in sex therapy, these kinds of questions, it's like, whew, I'm about to, I'm going to tell somebody this. You know, most people don't tell these things.
1: And if our listeners don't have answers, that just shows you you're exactly where you need to be, right? This is a space that hasn't really been taken so To not have the answer for me as a, as a therapist is like yes, we're right where we need to be. We're trying to stretch and to grow and to learn and to move.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what was your question again?
0: <laughs> he forgot my question. <laughs> okay, so when do you feel most turned on and erotic with your partner?
1: That was a good strategy. I had to. That deflect, was a really good to strategy. To avoid, yeah, right therapist we got to expect that. <laughs> I feel most turned on when, when the passion level is high. Mm.
0: What does that you know, mean? So
1: we go, you know, we go out to see a movie or go out to dinner or maybe we go away to a wedding. You know, we have a drink or two, but we have that time to ourselves. And I think that's the best when you go back to a hotel room and you just kind of. Just There's no distractions, and you just kind of lose yourself with each other. To me, those that that's the biggest turn-on when those passion levels are hot.
0: Yeah, so you have time together, you're spending time together, and I mean, you certainly described the wedding, that's such a romantic time for many, many couples, and there's dancing, there's a little alcohol, and you have this other time that's set aside, right? It's you're just gonna go to a hotel where there's no distractions, there's no responsibilities, there's no children. You can kind of anticipate sexual leisure and mm-hmm. and all of that kind of makes you feel turned on and erotic and like, oof, this this would be high passion. Yep, that's great. Okay, what are your three most important expectations in bed?
1: Just three you need more than that. <laughs>
0: i'll take the first the first three that come to mind you don't even have to rank them but just as you listen to that question whatever you feel i would
1: say openness to doing new things Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i would say openness to do new things <laughs> and openness to the new things.
0: Okay, so that is it. Okay, is, I just have one. You you can have just one. So that is really. I think the to expect
1: you. expectations would be more towards different. Will she let me go down on her? Will she go down on me? Mm-hmm. Right. Will we have different positions? Will that would be more of what I'm talking about with openness.
0: Mm-hmm. So, but. But that's clearly important. And I think what I love about your answer is, you know, for me, I don't care. I don't care what their three most important things are. I really believe in people that what is what is deeply important to them is going to come forward in the conversation. And so this is a great joke, having him answer it the same way three times. But you can tell, you know, this is super important to this guy, that that openness from her... It's not just specific. Maybe it leads to his curiosity about what's going to happen, which sex acts are, are going to happen in bed, but it's her openness that is paramount to him. And do you think your wife knows that? Have you shared this with her, that that's your most important? If you could pick one thing, which you only, now now since you've told me you only have one thing, do you think she knows uh, yeah, that? Yeah, I'm
1: not Sure. I mean, I've communicated the information, but the way you're asking a question, it's feeling a little bit differently now.
0: Hmm. So hmm. I'm
1: not sure I've said it in a way I said it to you.
0: So again, what I'm looking for is, has he said it vulnerably to her? Has he offered this? Like, so let
1: me answer that question. No, I have not. <laughs> okay. I've said it in frustration and criticism and not in a more vulnerable way.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we just offer you these questions questions as a way to start the conversation you can see that with one person there's a lot of thoughts that as a sex therapist go through my mind and I know it's a difficult conversation my husband and I had a conversation recently and I asked him something and he kind of went blank and and I did say, George, just what you said. You know, that's okay. You're right where you're supposed to be. Or I said something like that. I was very encouraging. And then he said, I think the dog needs a walk. And so we took the dog for
1: a walk. Well, we got more questions for the next episode, okay. Laurie. And I think it'd be fun to switch it around. I'm going to oh, be the no. therapist asking the questions. Oh, you no. get to be the client. Well,
0: okay, okay. Next, next week.
1: All there right. We Thanks for listening to 4Play Radio.
0: Keep it hot. For those of you who are listening today, we are also going to send out some free Uberloop to those of you who sponsor us on our Patreon page. Find a link on foreplayradiosextherapy.com or foreplayrst.com, and we are so thankful for your support. And foreplay family, I want you to know we had our highest download day ever, thanks to you. Our downloads are just increasing by leaps and bounds. We are so grateful for your sharing. Thank you again. Definitely subscribe. That helps our rankings in iTunes, which is important for us. Call in your questions to the Foreplay play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use
1: the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.